0: that you may be walking on this evening. Um, I want to start off by telling you a little bit of a story because March was a banger for me. Um, And by a banger, I just mean it was full of lessons, full of tests, full of stretching, full of God testing my faith. And I'm going to give God the glory instead of letting the devil get part of my story give God the glory instead of allowing the devil to get part of my story so um in the beginning of March I had like the worst headache that I could possibly have um the headache went on for about three days I went to urgent care which they treated me there and then um. The next day, the headache came right back, but it came back with a vengeance. So, I ended up admitting myself into the. Well, I didn't admit myself. I drove myself to the emergency room, and they asked me a couple questions. They ran a couple tests, and now here we go. We have a diagnosis. Um, the diagnosis. Which I'm not going to share it was one that is serious but yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I just want you to know that even though you're walking through the valley sometimes God will make it so that you don't even know that you're walking through the valley. Um I didn't find out how serious it was until actually I got discharged the second time. So by the second time, yes, I was admitted into the hospital twice within a two-week, three-week time frame in the month of March. <laughs> um in the month of March, I um well, whatever. In the month of March, like I said, it was a banger. <laughs> It really was it was a banger. Um so I got admitted, I got my diagnosis and they began to give me the treatment that I needed. And while I was there, like I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't listen to anything. I couldn't watch TV because it was just that bad, the headache and the fogginess that was going on. And then you had doctors coming in and out of your room. They need to take blood. They need to give you this medication. And I was taking medicine like around the clock at crazy times. They would come in at 3 a.m. to start an IV of a different type of medication and to give me another pill that was added to the regimen. So I um, I was there for about four days and then I got discharged. When I got discharged, I got discharged with a new medication. I got discharged with the information that I had of the diagnosis. You know, and um, I got discharged with questions. So many questions. I had so many questions and you know how I am. I'm transparent Tracy, meaning that I will share with you and I may get a little bit emotional. Um, so if I do get emotional and I do cry, I'm going to ask that you forgive me. But while I was walking through the valley, God hid me. And when I say he hid me, he had me in a place where I was just unaware of anything, and I just got sweet rest through the pain, through the um, medications, and through everything that I was going through in the hospital. There was a sweet rest, a sweet peace, a sweet calmness. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my strength. God, I thank you. <laughs> um, only, listen. The only complaint that I had is. That hospital gives you the worst food and they had me on a cardiac diet. So I was hungry. I was hungry. Do you hear me? But anyway, fast forward. So the next day that I got out of the hospital, I immediately began taking one of the medications that they gave me, which was new, not something that I had ever taken in my life, not something that I had taken while I was in the hospital. And I began to take that medication and I was going on about my day with this new diagnosis and with this new treatment and with this new information. And I'm going to imitate my speech eventually. Eventually, when I spoke, I spoke like this because... I was having issues getting my words out. There was a slur. There was a stutter and there was a pause. If you can hear the way that my voice changes when I imitate the way that I sound and the way that I sound now. If I didn't tell you the story and if you didn't hear me speak, you would call me a liar. For approximately... Almost two weeks, I walked around with that speech because I just assumed that the vertigo, the new sense of dizziness and the leg thing that I had some type of leg issue where I couldn't walk and I couldn't stand long. So I was having mobility issues. Um, I was having issues with my speech. I was having issues like There were there's things that I experienced and I never let the people on the outside know how bad it is unless until it's time to give the testimony (laughs) until it's time to give the testimony. So I was in a place I was in a place like I was going through it and all of this because of this new diagnosis, this new information that was made to me and this new medication. So, um, I made an appointment with my primary care doctor and she listened to me speak and she looked so concerned, almost on the brink of tears. And she said, since I've known you, I've never known you to speak like this. And I need you to not even wait until the end of your shift, but I need you to go to the emergency room right now. The one that you went to that has all of your tests, the one that gave you this medication and the one that treated you for the diagnosis and she told me don't wait until the end of the day but of course I'm hard-headed you know I'm I'm like it's nothing wrong with me I'm fine I'll just make it when I get there so um at the end of my shift I took a shower like I do and I got rest I got I'm not rest but dressed and I drove myself to the emergency room once again and I called two people I called my brother I called um because he's my Emergency contact. I'm calling him at. I'm calling him before I call anybody because he needs to know what's going on, and then I call one other person. And when I called them, I had to ask them when I spoke to you a week ago when I got out of the hospital or two weeks ago, whatever. I, I don't. Maybe it wasn't two weeks. Maybe it was like almost two weeks, um, from the beginning of the ordeal to where I was at that moment. And I asked them when I got discharged. Did I sound like this? And it was when you spoke to me a week ago. Did I sound like this? And that's how it comes out. And I can imitate it because I can still feel the the the, the way that my mouth tried to move and how my thoughts were processing just fine. But they weren't escaping my mouth. So... They're like, no, you did not sound like that. Now they're worried. Just keep me updated. Okay, whatever. So I get to the emergency room and the guy asked me, why are you here? And I said, I'm here because of this. And I pointed at my mouth and he said, you're here because of your speech. I said, yes. When I left here, I did not sound like this. And my doctor told me not to wait to come here to get evaluated. Within seconds, I was in the back. They were swabbing my nose for um the COVID test. They were doing everything. There was a neurologist coming to see me, asking me questions, and telling me, you why, why, you know, asking me, why are you taking this medication? You know, I, I wouldn't she said as a neurologist, she would not have prescribed me that medication due to the fact that I'm in childbearing ages and it's only for certain severe um issues, you know, whatever. So I got admitted yet again. (laughs) So when I got admitted, here's these teams, here's these people taking this blood work. Here's this test, that test, this test, this scan, that scan with contrast, without contrast. Let me do an MRI. Let me do a CT scan. Let me draw this blood. Let me get an EKG. So there were so many tests that was being ran on me because at no point in the diagnosis to the treatment to the new information should I have been in a place where I was experiencing dysarthria so you know I like to talk about my pastor my pastor my pastor so she called and at this time I could barely speak I don't want to speak because I'm embarrassed at the way that I sound and I'm afraid to just say the wrong thing and my pastor called me and she said, "How are you?" And you know, she she, I I was, I had an issue speaking to people because I felt like they would get annoyed. Because some people, um, like I went to order some food one day, and the girl sucked her teeth. I guess that stutter was annoying to her. <laughs> or when the doctors come in and I'm in the middle of my sentence, and they kind of cut me off, like they already know what I was going to say. So I would try to limit my conversation or try to. Hurry up and speak to get it out. So she tells me, okay, listen, you don't have to rush. I understand and I'm not annoyed by the way that you sound. So she's already speaking into my spirit, speaking to my mind about things that she doesn't even know. I never told her that I'm embarrassed or that I don't want her to get aggravated, but she started to speak those things into my spirit, which made me comfortable. So now I'm going to speak. So her question to me is, What are you thinking? And I said, before I got admitted into the hospital, about three months ago, I declared and decreed that for the next six months, I will not end up in a hospital. I will not get sick. I will not have to take another COVID test. And I will be able to walk in the favor of God. And I spoke that thing with faith. With the belief of a child. And I said. And look where I am. This is the second time I've been admitted. And you know. Actually I think. I was having this conversation with her. The first time I got admitted. And I think that. Because I was speaking. Nope. nope, It was the second time. It was the second time. And she said. she, She said. And what you think God didn't hear you. I said, I know he heard me. She said, what, you just think that he didn't, uh, he he didn't, um, I'm not going to say Grant because God is not a genie. Um, But basically she was asking me, okay, if you know that he heard, you think that he just didn't do what he said he would do. And I said, I don't know. I said, but I know that I declared and decreed it. And I was told that you should speak things into the atmosphere and you should declare and decree over your life and you should believe it. And I said, I believed it. And I got the total opposite. And I said, what did I do wrong? And I said, I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm abstaining. And I don't know if you've listened to my podcast before, but this is a place where I would go frequently When my faith gets tested or God starts to do something to stretch me, my first thought is, what did I do wrong? And that's not, it's not, so to speak, a negative thing, but it's also a thing where I'm ready to accept accountability and I'm ready to repent. If I have to, God, show me where I went wrong. And her question to me was, have you considered my servant Job? She said, what did Job do? And if you know the story of Job, the story of Job, um, basically, God saying to Satan, have you considered my servant, Job? And Satan saying to God, the only reason that Job loves you and serves you is because you have favor and you bless him with so many things and he has abundance and he's in in a place where he's wealthy and healthy. And if you would take all of that from you, I guarantee he would curse you and If you don't know the story of Job, Job was afflicted in his body. He lost his children, his family. His wife said to him, why don't you curse your God and die? So if you don't know the story of Job, I recommend that you go ahead and read that. If you need a a word spoken over your life, if you want to hear God in a story, if you want something to give you faith and give you hope, the the story of Job is the place to go. So she said, "What did Job do?" I said, "He didn't do anything." And she said, "God was stretching him and testing his faith." And she said, and then after Job passed the test, what happened?" I said, "God restored him." And she said, "Now, I don't know." She and, and she was she was honest. She was 100% honest with me. She said, I don't know why you're going through this. I don't know. I Like she said, I really don't know. She said, but I would, um, I want to tell you not to focus on the trial or the test, but focus on the lesson. She So she told me, don't focus on the pain. Don't focus on the pain and don't focus on what you're going through. Focus on God and where he's trying to take you in the lesson. So, so I got. You know, I, I I stayed at the hospital for two days, and at that point, I got activated. <laughs> and when I say activate, and then you know what? Also, my boss spoke into my life. She said, um, "I was at the, I was in my office, and I had the the the, the meeting with my doctor. And then, you know, I'm I, in in my mind, I'm just going through a test, and I'm gonna come out victorious and Yes, I'm having some issues with my mobility and my speech and so on and so forth. But it's going to resolve itself. But when I spoke to my doctor, she said, yes, yeah, going on two weeks. And I don't think that you should wait. And that upset me. It aggravated me more than anything. Because this lady's telling me to go back to the hospital. After I declared and decreed I wouldn't go to the hospital once. You want me to go back again? <laughs> so at that point, I don't think I was... I wasn't. I wasn't worried. I wasn't sad. I wasn't depressed. I was just annoyed. Like the whole situation from the beginning to the end, I was annoyed. I didn't have enough knowledge of everything that was going on because I, I, I just like I said, I was. It, my brain was foggy. My head was hurting, and I was just confused about a whole lot of things. And then my speech, and I, so I, I was. I hadn't even processed everything, and. Really tried to research the diagnosis and research the treatment and research this new information. Like I ha- I didn't take time for that. So my boss, I-, I told my boss what my doctor said. I said, I was going to lie to you when I came out the office and tell you everything was fine. I said, but I want you to now. I'm not speaking this way. I'm talking like this. <sighs> And I'm telling her that I had an appointment with my doctor with my slurred speech. I'm telling her as fast or as clear as I can so she can understand what I'm saying. And I said, I was going to lie to you at first. I said, but I'm not going to lie. My doctor told me that I should leave right now and go to the emergency room. I said, but I'm afraid because I'm afraid that they're going to admit me. And I'm afraid that they're going to do that painful test again. And she heard the things that was coming out of my mouth. I'm scared and I'm afraid. And she said, you know, no, she said, no, 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 no. And she stopped me in the middle of my sentence. And she said, watch what you say. She said, you know, the God that you serve. And she said, we're going to speak those things that are not as though they were life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And this lady like hit me with so many scriptures, like karate kid. She was like like you know bang 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 so I already got my pastor's voice in my brain I'm listening to her but then I also hear my you know my boss is audibly chopping me in my throat with like so much scripture she said now when she said go get evaluated because that's what you were told you were going to do she said you're going to leave right now I said no because I don't want to, but I'm going to when I'm ready. And she said, okay, by all means, she said, but on your way to that hospital, or even before you go, she said, I want you to de- declare and decree that you will not get admitted because you don't want to. She said that they will not have to do that painful exam again, because you don't want it to be done. She said, but even if they do, you know the god that you serve and you know that he is walking right beside you sometimes you got to go through discomfort and i said listen 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 so i went back to that hospital and i got admitted again and after i got admitted the second time here it is there i'm 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 being monitored for stroke i'm not given any new medications i am they took away the medicine that i never took in my life the new medication for the diagnosis, the new information and the new treatment. And um, they just monitor me and they stuck me like a pin cushion and they put me in this big tube and they took this exam and they did this. And the lady said, um, well, the doctor wants to admit you because we want to make sure that there wasn't any type of um, new episode. And, by new episode, she basically was speaking like things like a corn. She said like a stroke or a brain bleed or lesions on the brain or any type of heart attack or anything like that. So she, they wanted to monitor me and they wanted to examine me and they didn't want to let me go. They wanted me to stay there. So I stayed there with my slurred speech and my mobility issues and my stutter. And I stayed there and, Oh, my pastor messaged me and she said well when you was going to tell me my baby was in the hospital and I was like well I you know at that point I just wanted to I was so aggravated I wanted to disappear <laughs> I was so aggravated so nobody knew except for my brother and the, um, that one other person that I called and then the you know and that's it and so I said, I don't know. And she, she asked me, well, how are you? And I said, I'm aggravated. I'm so aggravated. And she, she, you know, she spoke into my life again. And she said, that's an attack. And she started to bind up the devil and she spoke it out loud. And she said, "I." she said, Satan, I bind, she binded up the devil. And she said, your voice will be heard. Your voice will come forth. He is attacking you so he can keep you quiet. And when she said that it kind of like triggered something in my brain and I was like you know what now by this time I'm in the hospital for a day and then another day goes by so I was there for two and a half days the second time but I I I after I spoke with my pastor I got off the phone and You know, I laid down and I I, like I wouldn't even I didn't even watch TV. I didn't listen to music. And if anybody knows me, music is my thing. I love music. So I laid there and I said, um, I'm going to tell the doctor I want to go home in the morning. So that next morning rolled around and the doctor walked in and he said, good morning. And I said, good morning. Can I go home? No stutter. No slur speech. I stuttered a little bit, but it wasn't horrible like the day before and the days prior. And I just want to thank God because I want to thank God for restoration. Because when he said he's going to do it, he does it instantly. You don't have to wait six and seven and 10 and 20 days for it. When you take it to God in prayer and you give it to him, sometimes he lets it linger for a little bit because you haven't learned your lesson. But I just want to say thank God for everything instant restoration. So after all that was said and done, I started to go into a place where I wanted to see, you know, exactly what the diagnosis was, the treatment and the new information. What is this thing that they're telling me I'm dealing with? And as I went to research, I started to see where It can end in death and some people die within 24 hours of the onset of the symptoms of the thing that they said I had. And I saw that some people can, it was that piece, it was at that moment that I realized that yea though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death and God had hid the fact that I was even in the valley from me so that I can get sweet sleep. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my strength. My God gave me rest in the valley. When they talk about those boys that was in that fire. And how they cranked up the furnace. And when they looked in there. It was one more man standing in there. And they didn't get burnt by the fire. I said, God, I thank you. Because I didn't get burnt by the fire. When I tell you I went through that thing and i came through that thing and the they said i wouldn't make it they said i wouldn't be here today my god i just want to say thank you so what i wanted to tell you my turtle doves <clears throat> after i've testified for a whole 30 minutes <laughs> i wanted to tell you <clears throat> And I'm reading the amplified version of Proverbs 18 and 21, which says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, whether it be death or life. Hmm. Proverbs 13 and 3 says, He who guards his mouth keeps his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. About a month prior to the whole fiasco, <laughs> to the whole fiasco, the whole party, the whole faith testing and roller coaster march, March madness, <laughs> um, once upon a time I wouldn't let certain thoughts finish. And sorry, I'll be right back after this paid sponsorship. And I'm back, my turtle doves. Thank you for bearing with me, bearing with me. So, <clears throat> like I was saying, a month before the March Madness, the banger of March, um, there were certain thoughts that I wouldn't allow to formulate and finish. I would start a negative thought and I had to cast it down. And at some point i said you know what i need to just say it because it keeps trying to form so i need to say it so that i can get it out and i started to speak certain things out loud and i started to say certain things about how i just maybe it's too late for me and i'm getting fat or by the moment and I'm just maybe I'm not meant to get married and have children and just maybe things were meant to happen to me so that I could just be an example for other people about how God can sustain you. And something's always wrong with me. And I started to speak certain things over my life and I started to go on a downward spiral mentally. And I think God saw that. And I think God had to show me who he was one more time. My faith started to waver. You know, my faith started to waver. And how many of you know that when your faith starts to waver, sometimes God will throw you in the fire just so that he can step in there with you and you can come out untouched, unburned, unfazed, How many of you know that sometimes when God needs to anchor you and bring you back to reality and remind you of who you are and whose you are and that you were made in his image and that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and that his grace is sufficient and that you should speak those things that are not as though they were and that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and that faith is the substance of things hoped for in the evidence of things not seen for who hopes in something that they already have how many of you know that God will put you in the fire just so that he can stretch you and bring you back to reality God had to tell me watch your mouth (laughs) When I sat back and I said, God, I need you to show me why I went through this. Show me the lesson. I'm not going to focus on the stretch and I'm not going to focus on the test. I'm not going to focus on the fire. I'm not going to focus on the issue. I need you to show me why you did that. <clears throat> show me why did this thing happen? What was it that I needed to see and learn? What was the purpose? What was the purpose of that test my god and my god in a still small voice he told me watch your mouth (laughs) watch your mouth watch your mouth watch your mouth And by watch your mouth, God said that life and death is in the power of your tongue. So when you walk around saying things like, if it ain't one thing, it's another. When you walk around saying things like, I'm so broke. When you walk around saying things like, I'm going to be single forever. When you walk around saying things like, I guess I ain't going to never get a new job. You walk around speaking those things into the atmosphere and the things that you speak starts to manifest. Do you know that when the dry bones came alive, God told him, prophesy to these bones. He said, speak and tell the bones to move. And when he spoke, do you know that the sound of your voice is precious? Do you know that the word, my God, do you know that the words that you speak, the fact that when you open your mouth and sound comes forth, that's a mighty thing in itself. Do you know how powerful your words are? Do you know that God gave you the power to trample over scorpions and serpents? And God gave you the power that if you speak those things that are not as though they were, they would begin to manifest my God, God told me that I need to watch my mouth. He told me that my words were like rubies. And he told me that my words were like pearls. And he told me not to share my words with the swine, that all they would do is just trample over it. God said, when it's time to speak, you speak, but don't speak. Until you have something to say, don't speak until you have something edifying to say, don't speak. If it's not going to be something that's going to lift up, encourage and bring things to life. My God. And I had to go through that fire so that I can get back to a place of faith where I said, you know what, God, do you know how many times I've gone through the fire and been through the flood? And I came out untouched, unbruised, and I look good for what I've been through. (laughs) I look good for what I've been through. My got a few scars, a few scrapes, but I look good for what I've been through. So my turtle doves, like I said, I just came to give God the glory. And during that time frame where I couldn't speak and I couldn't do certain things, I was also, he, he, he protected me where everybody that was around me were only the people who would speak in life. Nobody said, well, maybe you, maybe you had a stroke. And when I heard it, I cast it down and I said, you know what, don't speak that over my life. I don't want to talk to you no more. And I went the other way. Everybody that God strategically, put, because God is strategic about everything that he does. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When this thing set fire and it started in my body, there were people that he had in position and place that I was standing in the middle and nothing but words of life was being spoken and, and, and swirling around me. It wasn't nothing but words of life. It was words of life and I couldn't speak. Because my words were not edifying at that moment because I was not in a place where I should be at that moment. So I stood in the middle of everybody that God strategically placed around me so that those words of life can spin like a whirlwind. And they were words from the Bible. They weren't just words from the people that it was coming from. It was words from God because they were spitting scripture. They were spitting love and they were spitting life. And I just want to say thank you, God, for words of life. And thank you, God, for that whirlwind. And thank you, God, for the edifying of my soul. And thank you, God, for the stretching and the beating. And I want to thank you for the test So, my turtle doves, as you know, at the end of each podcast, because I think I've talked enough, there's always a challenge. And my challenge to you today is to watch your mouth. I want to pose a question. If the words that you speak on a daily basis appeared on your skin and manifested in your life right now, would you look beautifully blessed? Or would you look horribly stressed? My turtle doves, watch your mouth. If it's not edifying, if it's not building, if it's not growing, don't let it escape your lips. Don't allow your words to tear down everything that God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you with all of the love that God placed inside of me. I love you, I love you, I love you, my turtle doves. I love you, and I love my pastor, Yvette, and I love my boss. I'm not going to say her name because how I know that lady want me to say Her name on my podcast. I love Ashley. And I love my brother Pookie. (laughs) And I love all of, I love you all. Like I just love everybody right now. And you would think that I was high or on something, but I am on the love of God. And the things that I go through, if you would have been there and you would have heard me. And if I didn't tell you the story, you wouldn't believe me. I'm telling you the story. The things that I go through sometimes, it's just like, what? <laughs> Why does this have to happen to me? But I just thank God and I pray that he allows me to bless somebody. I pray that he allows me to bless somebody and I pray that this podcast blesses somebody. And I love you. I love you. I love you. And I hope you have an amazing day. And I'm proud of myself. I didn't cry this time. I didn't cry while I was having my transparent Tracy moment. Have an amazing day. An awesome week. And remember my turtle dove. Watch your mouth.